0: Welcome to Garbage of the Five Rings, a podcast dedicated to exploring the question, is John Wick the Quentin Tarantino of hands? I'm one of your hosts, Jude Vase, and in this episode, my co-host Amelia Antrim and I discover the true beauty of schadenfreude as our favorites, air quotes, question mark, (laughs) get knocked down a peg.
1: We are going to talk about Kachiko finally realizing that things are going bad for her. The crab are going to attack the capital, and Jude's favorite, Hida kasada has some problems. Doesn't go well for him.
0: No, it doesn't, and it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Try and, like, contain your enthusiasm a little more. Like No. Suko <laughs> is not having a good time either, and Yakumo is maybe having an okay time, but not really. Nobody's having a good time. Except us. Yeah, we're having a great time. With this one now, finally. I think we're finally starting to, like, enjoy this a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> in a mean way. Um. Yeah. This is all mostly, I think, end of 1127?
0: Yeah. yeah. Beginning of 1128? hmm Yeah. We're For in the at home. We're in the pipe to the Day of Thunder here. This is kind of the the wrap-up. And um, this Shit's is the tail real. end of 1127. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, corrections and non-apologies. As usual, I will remind you, we do not apologize. Um, corrections, we also don't get anything wrong, so, um, and we wouldn't apologize for it if we did.
0: (laughs) This is a really good podcast.
1: It's a really good podcast. (laughs) It's a terrible game, but it's a great podcast. It's time for one of my feminist rants, because I think that we haven't had one of those since, I don't know, episode three, and I think it's time um some of you maybe did not think that we were serious about our don't fucking at us policy so we're going to talk about that for a minute in particular we're going to talk about your choice to only ever at me you guys our twitter is for the show you do not have to tweet at me personally you do not have to dm me personally you do not have to find me on reddit and send me messages jude how many messages have you gotten
0: uh no dms on reddit or twitter
1: There you go. And I've gotten at least 10. So figure your shit out, people. We have a show. You can email us. You can tweet at our show. Amelia Antrim is a person who mostly cares about this game, but also like, don't fucking at me. Yeah. That was was my rant for today. (laughs) You guys, I'm sick. I don't feel good. I'm sick of your shit. (laughs) I'll edit this out later. (laughs) Probably I won't.
0: We have been getting a lot of good feedback from people at the show's handle with regards to some various things. Um,
1: yeah, I should, st- I should be clear that, like, not all of the interactions have ba- been bad. And actually, frankly, none of the ones that have been DM'd to me have been, like, bad interactions. Just, like, it's a weird choice, you guys. Like, maybe consider that for a minute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing um, I wanted to throw out there. Um, one of our fans on Twitter today, actually, uh, raised the question of... Um, Finding old Imperial Heralds out there in the world that our f- people may have. Uh, that is the one piece of material that we do not have access to. We've got fictions. We've got RPG materials. We've got cards.
1: But we've got we tournament don't... decisions.
0: Yeah. We've got, we got books. All of that. we got all that. But the one thing we don't have is the actual Imperial Heralds. So if you, our listeners, have Imperial Heralds from any era of the game, Uh, And would like to scan those or get in touch about sending us the actual hard copies. Uh, We will happily take those off your hands or we would love to get scans of those. So at me, uh, I will be organizing that effort. But uh, yeah, get in touch. We would love to have those.
1: Yeah, that would be. Oh, God, so fucking helpful.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, Kazen no Oshiro makes a lot of references to Imperial Herald that don't always make any sense. So having the actual uh, original material to reference would be super cool.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Digging in. Uh, so a little background material, setting the scene for where we are as we start this episode. Hida Kasada is down one son currently, who he sacrificed at Maiden Pass on the way to the capital. Kashuko is currently down one boyfriend who is in an egg and is up one weird, mystery, evil boyfriend who is out wreaking havoc and causing drama for the grain Clan, but is still the Empress. Suko uh, is, as always, angry at everyone, but is still loyal to the Emperor for values of loyal that include sociopathic. Tutori remains, inexplicably, everyone's favorite. And there are lots and lots of Black Scrolls still being opened and tainting everyone. Yeah. Uh, lastly, there is a bunch of horseshit going on in the background that we have not covered uh, that we will be covering next episode. Monks and stuff with Shinsei and Yogo Junzo and all kinds of stuff uh, that is going on that is not main to the plot line and so on and so forth. So we'll get there.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Are you ready to talk about my favorite?
0: Yep. It's that time again. It's Kachiko time.
1: It's always Kachiko time. No, it's always Taturi time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kachiko uh, is poisoning the emperor. Um, he's napping because his wife doesn't like him. So it turns out that that maybe wasn't such a good idea on her part because you probably shouldn't poison your husband. For starters, that's uh, not a good choice. Um, Just as a general rule. uh, I mean, uh, okay. (laughs) 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 Look, uh, marriage is hard, okay? Uh, It's also kind of good, uh, because Fuling is trying to take over the world, and he's going to use the Emperor's body as his cool new outfit, so it's probably best that uh, that outfit not be in such great shape, so...
0: But now she's starting to get wise to the whole Fulang thing. I, I don't know how she hasn't picked up on this at this point because there's been some signs along the way. But she apparently only now is realizing that, oh, the emperor is Fulang. Uh And she decides to do a runner and bumps into everyone's favorite mystic mountain man, Togashi Yukuni. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how he gets to the palace with nobody noticing. He's a big old mountain of muscle himself.
1: And he's, he, like, rarely ever leaves the the mountains. Like, he yeah. rarely ever leaves Dragonlands. I feel like, I don't remember where it's pointed out, but at some point, it's, like, it's super weird that he's, you know, at a regular altitude. You know, he's got some, like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I really like the fictions where this uh, scene is depicted because it's, like, she's, like, running around in the rain, like, super... Uh, distraught and she hears this mysterious voice that demands that she stay and the whole thing is like super super extra there's that
1: picture where he's like leaning over the half wall like staring down at her like some kind of like creepy monster thing like yeah yeah the the iconic
0: (laughs) yokuni art where he's just like yoked out like a giant model piece of steak uh it's it's a real it's a real thing it's that's a piece of art like I can't hate because it's such an iconic piece of art. It's just such it's yeah, so Yeah, it's in like
1: four different books. It's is it's I think it might even be in Imperial Histories.
0: Yeah, still. I can't I can't not love that piece of art even though it's it's just it's just bonkers. It's such it's a weird, weird piece she's of like, art.
1: Yeah, she's like in the middle of a wet t-shirt contest, and he's like creeping over the wall, but he's also giant, and he looks like maybe he climbed up that wall so that he could like lean over her and be like, hello.
0: Yeah, he, he looks like a cross between a gargoyle and Bane from Batman.
1: Yes! That is <laughs> it's, correct. <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a real weird look, but I'm into it. It's super funny.
1: Yeah. Um, but as usual, he does his Yokuni thing of kind of giving you information, but maybe not. And he's just, he's telling her basically, like, she can't run away. He's like, fuck you. Nope, you did this to yourself. Turn around and go fix it. Basically, that she needs to keep poisoning the emperor because otherwise um, Fulang will become physically, sorry, will become physically stronger as well. And uh, that's not good.
0: Yeah, it also makes kind of passing reference to the fact that she needs to be there for the thundering. So.
1: um, Which is just like fucking bullshit. Like, yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like. So here's the the thing.
1: Like, they're not even a clan. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I also feel like as the. She doesn't even go here. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like as the instigator of much of this nonsense, I feel like, I don't know. I'm not she doesn't wild deserve about a Kajuko. second chance.
1: Like, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. Let her run away, get lost in the woods, and eaten by a wolf.
0: Yes. Um. I also, I think we we talked about this. I, the fact that it definitely feels like there's a bit of loose end tying up going on here with the poisoning. Um,
1: yeah. Now all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, she has been doing that the whole time. Like well, that should be important, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um. But it works, I guess. Um, enough. am certainly going to put it to good use in a few scenes here. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, it works enough for L5R, so. <laughs> what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah, right. Look,
1: it's we've set a low bar. <laughs> it makes as much sense as anything else.
0: Yeah, I think th- my whole problem with Kachiko is, like, she plots and plots and plots. But it's not ever clear to me what the fuck her pl- like.
1: What is her fucking endgame?
0: Yeah, it's like. Okay, so I work – one of my very first jobs was in n- networking, what was like as an IT monkey. And every now and then you'd crack open like uh – you'd crack open a, a case or uh, a cage and you'd find like three miles of cable to connect two machines that were like two feet apart. And that's yeah. really what I feel like Kajiko's plotting is like – it's like a mile of cable to get from like A to B. Like if she just wanted to be – empress why didn't she just off him like a week ago you know what i mean
1: right like if she's been poisoning him this whole time and they make it clear several times that he's like bedridden close to death yeah so like i mean how did she
0: yeah and i get that like they state that her her whole thing is to like make kesada emperor and then manipulate him but that seems dumb too like I don't get her. En- is her endgame to just hide behind the nearest guy and manipulate him? But
1: well, because we've talked about this a couple times, that we've we've been trying to figure out, like, why is she always manipulating Toturi? Um, and you know, because she tells the unicorn not to let him through the pass, and you know, she tells Casada to go take the pass, and it feels like she's she wants Casada to win for some reason, and I don't know if it's. Because they they're trying to set it up that like he would be the easier one for her to control, yeah, so
0: my feeling is that so here's my guess. they thought it was cool to have they think the scorpion's mo is to be sneaky evil manipulators, and they just kind of made up what she was getting at as they went along. I, I don't know her whole justification seems very post
1: shaky at best.
0: It's, yeah, it seems tacked on at the end. I, I, I don't know. It, it definitely doesn't feel like – I mean, I don't know. Here I, I'm complaining about the fact that the story doesn't sound coherent, which is sort of a waste of time. I feel like I should just maybe move on.
1: <laughs> no, it's not a waste of time. It's a cool new podcast called Garbage of the Five Rings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, especially in <laughs> Clan Wars. Like, we know for a fact, have uh, as we've seen in previous episodes, I think we talked about it in episode five, like, we know for a fact that the story – was horseshit like they're just
1: throwing at the wall
0: yeah just making shit up like so maybe in later arcs they knew what they were doing when they started but they they sure as shit don't now so
1: so maybe instead of criticizing them for not knowing where they're going we should applaud them for somehow wrapping it up at the end
0: hey there's a pause that's the positive outlook we should be taking here
1: i'm known for my positivity (laughs) My sunshiny disposition.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I don't –
1: I wish, like, you're right. Because I I feel like it is the same way that my mom used to describe how I would do my homework. And she would be like, Amelia Grace, point A to point B. It's a straight line. That's all you have to do. Straight line from A to B. And, like, nope. We're all over the place. And it's – I don't know if they just don't do a good enough job of – giving you that information like if if maybe in their minds it had a plot because we've gone back to this several times that like what we have at this point is lots of flavor text so it's one sentence at a time and you are kind of drawing those conclusions and making those lines between things for yourself so i don't know if it's a function of that or if they just suck
0: i think a lot of it was so i think for me personally i think a lot of it is I'm applying a late L5R expectation to the game, yeah. where there was a much more coherent linear plot, which does not exist at this stage. This was a lot of like, we're throwing thematic shit out there, and the plot is just kind of congealing out of that. Right. And I, the like, the idea of like an actual like narrative, like a a, a conceived narrative, was not something I think they were actually doing. So.
1: Yeah, no. This is like, like we're just like reading some tea leaves and seeing what happens, and yeah, hoping for the best.
0: So we'll so, see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I don't think it'll be different in Scorpion Clan coup, which is next, but I'm interested to see if in Hidden Emperor there's a notable difference in how the narrative evolves. So I mean, that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see like when that shift takes place. I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah, we'll get there, and um, we're not there yet. So, this part, I've had my feelings about Kachiko, who is my favorite. Now it's time for your favorite.
0: My favorite. Oh, Quesada. Oh, comeuppance. (laughs) Um,
1: Vindication.
0: Yeah. So, despite getting their asses whooped with a capital W uh, at Baden Pass, the crab have still managed to get to the capital uh, on boats,
1: Crabs on boats. I guess.
0: I guess we talked about how dumb that is. So they get to the capital, uh, and they face off against the lion and and win. Um, I guess uh, we're going to talk about how how that happens, but the short version is uh, Matsu Suko is up on the hilltop crying because the emperor told her to let her troops die.
1: I thought you were going to say because the emperor told her to cry. Like I thought you were going to leave it there because <laughs> no. the emperor told her to. <laughs>
0: I mean, a little bit, kind of. You don't
1: disobey the emperor. If he says cry, you cry.
0: Yeah. So, Casada's feeling real good about himself. He's beating his chest like a big old proud gorilla. And he storms into the palace thinking, this was worth it, and just plows into there.
1: He's like, I'm hot shit. Yeah. I got here. Fuck you.
0: Yep. So, he goes charging it and doesn't think it's weird that there's no imperial guard. Anywhere. That seems normal.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a master tactician. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking he, Kasada.
1: Yeah, so he's probably like, yes, they know how great I am and they all left.
0: Yeah. Uh, so he bursts into the throne room and what does he find except the emperor, who is not a poisoned little boy, as he is expecting, but a possessed hantai, who is full of evil, tainty energy Uh who, and this is a really good line that we've excerpted, picked up my father and broke him between his hands like a twig. Which apparently is a move, a, a trademark evil guy move, because uh, Daigotsu Kanpeki, Daigotsu's son, uh, will have a card many, 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 many years later, about like 17 years later, where, that, where he does this exact same move, where he snaps enemies like a twig.
1: And it uses that exact phrase.
0: Yes, that exact phrase. That's the
1: important part here. It's like not just that they can snap people in half, but it's specifically like a twig. So if you were thinking maybe it's like a potato chip or a candy bar or, I don't know, something else that you would snap in half. uh, Mm. No, it is specifically a twig. Yeah. So just, you know, for that visual.
0: One part that doesn't make any sense to me here is um, a couple of scenes ago because Kachiko was still like poisoning him and he was still like a frail little... Sick bag, and all of a sudden he's tain and Casada snapping. I'm not mad about that. I, I'm just commenting on the fact that all of a sudden apparently the poison isn't doing it.
1: Well, I think maybe he just like had to get angry. Like maybe it was like his Hulk moment.
0: I'm, I'm into it. That's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so like Casada comes charging in, and he's like, "Now's the time."
0: Yeah. Uh, the end result is that yeah he he hulks out or fulangs out, however you want to put it. And uh, snaps Kachiko, not in all the way half, but close Kisada. enough. Or Yeah, sorry, Kasada.
1: Uh, yeah. So
0: Kasada's mostly dead. Um, Yakimo's there, not that it, apparently he does anything except to watch his dad get brutalized. But Yakumo drags Kasada away and they escape through some tunnels, I guess. Uh, I guess the Imperial Palace has
1: The whole city plumbing. has tunnels underneath it.
0: Yeah. Some versions of the story apparently Kachiko helps. Maybe the crabs suddenly have regrets. Um, There's a quote here that we've excerpted. Our alliance with the Shadowlands is a sham. They have tried to use us to their own ends and we have paid the price for our treachery. We must now teach them what it truly means to cross the crab. Purge them from your ranks if you find them and strike them down wherever they may appear. Do not waste precious resources squabbling with the other clans for they can now only distract us from the true threat. Okay, guys. Uh, so
1: picture me staring straight into the camera, looking surprised. <gasps>
0: what? Yeah.
1: I never could have known that this is how this was going to go. Yeah. Who could have guessed? It was us. We guessed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the I have no words for this except the doy.
1: Uh, you not having words, I want to point out, is like a big deal. That's how truly stupid this is, is that like, you are never speechless.
0: Yeah, I, I hate this so much. Uh, <laughs> the crab are suddenly offended by the Shadowlands after marching with them and sacrificing Kasada's son to them. Uh, they've literally been marching with an army of their own dead, and now suddenly they're – it's a sham.
1: But this is where I draw the line.
0: Yeah. Not all the crab apparently care that their daimyo is, you know, half dead. Some of them remain loyal to the Emperor. Amoro, who it should be noted, is mostly a rotting corpse. Is not a like a dude. He's mostly a corpse. Because he's
1: got that amulet, right?
0: Yes. And it should be also noted, I wanna I wanna emphasize this. Amoro was also a dude who had the habit of going berserk and murdering everyone around him in battles before he was dead. So a real charmer. Uh, this is a guy that people remain loyal to. So crabs. Smart.
1: I mean, not the word I would use, but sure.
0: So they stick around, and a bunch of the crabs stay loyal to them for reasons passing understanding. And so that's going to be an additional thing that the clans have to deal with when they come around for the Day of Thunder, is a bunch of crab, corrupt and otherwise, who have decided to remain loyal to the Emperor.
1: So they're split into two sides? Yeah. So so like, they're, we love corrupted Emperor, and... We still like Quesada.
0: Yeah, there's basically, there's two civil wars, inter-clan civil wars going on now, um, or will be. There's the Crab, and there will soon be the Lion, which we'll talk about in a second.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's all. That's all I have to say about this. Uh, Uh, I mean, it just, so the frustrating thing, we've talked about this already, is that Baden Pass was fucking pointless, um, which I am so angry about because <laughs> yeah. it was such a bitch to research that like it didn't even matter anyway. Let it worked for nothing. Yeah. Uh, which I, I just don't. I don't know if they were like, well, it is a clan war, so We should probably have a battle. Like yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's confusing to me that I uh, yeah I don't I'm.
1: <laughs> I know right? Yeah. So guys, uh, the takeaway from this is. Uh, yeah. I, I think the frustrating it's thing That's is that- That's the takeaway. <laughs> right. So they have all of these big plot points happening, and none of them really have an effect on the outcome.
0: Yeah. I think increasingly the, the, the conclusion I'm coming to is that for Clan Wars, trying to make sense of the overall narrative is just a road to frustration. You have to just focus on the points. So Battle of Baden Pass, cool, thematic, interesting- air quotes, air quotes, don't don't stink eye me. Um, <laughs> Day of Thunder, cool, interesting, thematic. Kisada getting smashed by the Emperor, awesome, great, snapped fantastic. Like <laughs> snapped like a twig. Yeah, right. But when you try and line all of them up, you end up hating yourself and making a podcast and wanting to throw everyone, whoever made this game, out a window. like Because it doesn't I don't think they ever expected anyone to try and make sense of it all in order. Like, I don't think that was a, like, a high priority when they were writing this stuff. That came later. And I think that's I, it feels my like takeaway. They had
1: points that they wanted to hit and they were going to do that. Story be damned. Like...
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, and this is a thing that I've heard. This is a thing that I've heard since then is that later writing, later story teams experienced some of this frustration as well when they were trying to write later story and make sense of the early eras. And it was just like hot garbage trying to do that. So
1: that's the reason we have so many inconsistencies because later on people were like, throw this shit out. I want nothing to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Uh Things go badly for Quesada. Jude is happy about it.
0: I'm thrilled that's... that Casada got snapped like a twig and I'm, I can't wait. I'm, um, yeah. I'm frustrated with what happens next with him, but I'm glad that he suffered.
1: Yep. So, Suko. Uh, okay. Where to yeah. start with this?
0: I have such complicated thoughts about this stuff. Um, yeah. Agree. We're on the record for not loving how Suko's been depicted mm-hmm. up to this point for several um, minutes. <laughs> but as I scroll down through the sources here, she gets. A lot of words here at the end. Spoilers. Suko stands on a hill and watches the crab slaughter her troops because she receives a missive from the emperor that says, do not command your troops. Just watch. And that kind of fucks up Suko. And it becomes clear to her that the emperor is no longer human. I'm not entirely sure how she draws that line, but basically, Tsuko comes to the decision that she can no longer be loyal to the Emperor. And in order to free the lion from service to this corrupted thing, she goes to Tutori and commits seppuku uh, so that the lion will be free of her leadership and they can choose to follow Tutori, apparently.
1: Yeah, her her intention is that it would prevent a civil war. So rather than her saying, follow to Turi, and then having people still be loyal to her, she's like, I'll just take myself out of the picture, problem solved, no big deal.
0: Yeah. And so here's, here's my problem with all this. I really don't like how Suko is depicted up until this point. And then they get to this point, and I like Suko here.
1: She's because, compelling. Like she yeah. has she has these complicated feelings because she has spent her whole life being loyal and doing everything for the Emperor and being loyal to the Emperor and that betrayal like Except,
0: yeah. is awful. Except here's my here's my beef. Here's my beef. This is not the Suko we had a few stories ago. Because a few stories ago, loyalty to the, loyalty to the Emperor was not her motivating Principle, it was fuck shit murder. Up. Yeah, this idea that her 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 guiding principle all of a sudden is loyalty to the emperor comes out of kind of nowhere.
1: No, because at one point she allies with the crab in the Shadowlands to get back at the crane.
0: Yeah, she she is. Yeah, her 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 guiding principle is self interest. the 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 her guiding principle is the interest of the lion clan and murdering the people that she believes have offended their honor and all of a sudden when we get to the end here it's loyalty to the emperor like honor and duty to the emperor suddenly become the thing that is guiding her and on the one hand i think that's dumb that they try and pull a fast one on us but on the the other other hand it works because all of a sudden Suko is a compelling character and they write, I mean, there's like five fictions they tell, or they write about her here or whatever. And a lot of them are really good. The ones, there's like two where she visits Totori, and they depict her last moments and they're both really good. Mm-hmm. And I like them. And I think, so on the one hand, uh, to boil down what is probably going to be a much longer section than it needs to be, and Amelia will probably edit some of this out, but-
1: It feels undeserved. Like she has this moment of redemption and becoming like this really compelling character. But given what we had previously, it is it doesn't feel like a transformation so much as like just a complete about face.
0: Yeah, I like the writing and I like it feels very samurai and stuff like that. I just I don't like Suko and it doesn't feel earned.
1: By the time we got here, it was too late. We'd already decided. Yeah. We already hated her.
0: Yep, Her death poem is pretty cool, though.
1: So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that her ending is really frustrating to me because she – I mean, we talked about this last time, you know, that we don't have a whole lot of main women characters. And this one was terrible. And then they're like, oh, also, what if we killed her? To solve a problem, because once again, to make Tutori look cool. Stop killing people to make Tutori look cool. Yeah. I'm so done with that. Well. This game, not done with that. (laughs) No,
0: not done with that.
1: (laughs) I'm done with that. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I just wish that, like, it would have been consistent that she would have been this way the whole time or not been this way the whole time. Because it feels like two totally different characters.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, in the fallout of her death, there's another little bit of fiction that shows her generals arguing what to do with her gone. And um, what it shows is one of them saying that they must remain loyal to the emperor, even though they know they now know the emperor is possessed by Fulang. And the other is saying that they should go and find Tuturi and do the thing, you know, remain loyal to the empire, not the emperor.
1: And that's a central struggle that the lion have throughout the rest of the story, I think, is this eternal struggle between who are we loyal to, the emperor or the empire. Yeah. And so they're setting a lot of that up here, and it becomes a continuing thing throughout the rest of the story, I think. Yeah.
0: So we have two clans now with civil wars brewing, uh, the lion and the crab um, brewing or breaking out. And that'll make the Day of Thunder interesting.
1: Well and then you already had the crane like kind of fighting in there too because you had the false Soturi. So Yeah. Um, Although that's more or less resolved at this point. It is, but my point was just like they're also fighting themselves and each other. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh shit's going bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's been a bad time.
1: It has. Uh it's not going great for good old Rokugan. <laughs> it is it is as they say, no bueno. No bueno. So, um, this next part. This is proof that John Wick is the Quentin Tarantino of hands. <laughs> because, I mean, is there an episode that we haven't talked about hands? Like, maybe the first one?
0: Because
1: uh... the second one, I think that we talked about. No, that was the third one, I guess. It's the majority of episodes at this point. Yeah. It yeah. is three, four, five, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a lot of hands is the point. And now we're going to have more hands, but different hands. Where do do we start with this one? Where do you want to start?
0: Okay, where do we start? Um, I think
1: we backtrack and say they were running out of the tunnels, Quesada and Yakimo.
0: Yep. After the uncanny eloquence and coherence of Sukos stuff, we get a return to the incoherent Bullshit of Clan War's L5R with this section. There are two stories here that depict Yakimo getting his new magic hand. And they are wildly, wildly contradictory. Um,
1: In like every possible way.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they... It's
1: the ol- I think the only thing that's the same is that Yakimo is there. And by the end, he has a hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like someone... Wrote the idea for this story on a napkin and left it in the writer's room. And two different people saw it and went off and wrote stories and published them without talking to each other.
1: Hear me out. Fred was there.
0: Of course it's Fred.
1: And he wrote a story. But, like, he was probably real drunk again. So he forgot <laughs> that he wrote that story. And so the next morning he sits down and is like, i got to write a story. And it comes up with an entirely different story. And then they publish both because it's L5R and, like, we just – we need to get shit out. We need to just, like, publish everything. Because, like, editing clearly has never been their strong suit. For better or worse, (laughs) to quote. (laughs) Yeah. Everything made it in.
0: We should talk about these two versions and we can decide which one was the drunk Fred and which one was the silver Fred.
1: Oh, no, I think that he was still drunk the next morning.
0: Which one was the more drunk Fred? Or maybe he was high for one of them because there's some stuff. In one of okay. these that might make right. it clear. Uh so what do they agree on? What are these two, what's the same in these two stories? They're hiding out somewhere. That's okay. That's that's the same. In one of them it's Hita Palace, and in the other it's a cave.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that they weren't both in a cave, even.
0: Nope.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> this is worse than I thought.
0: In both <laughs> stories, Yakumo gets the Oni's claw off. Mm -hmm. In one version, he saws it off with a sword. And in the other, he just yanks it off with a big old manly heave.
1: Um, I don't think that you're supposed to use katanas in a sawing motion.
0: Well, tell that to Yakimo.
1: Okay. I'm not gonna.
0: What happens when he does that? Uh, In one version, it reveals a wounded stump that he has to cauterize. That makes sense. Or does it reveal a weird alien tentacle? Thanks, Fred. That's that's a. Suck. I
1: I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Run that by me again.
0: Uh yeah. A weird alien
1: tentacle. Uh, okay. I you, I mm-hmm. okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh. I just no it. no you know what no how. <laughs> how
0: it's how a the little fuck? well I guess There's, it's not so an alien like tentacle this... it's an oni tentacle
1: sorry. right but so he's got a claw and they were like beneath this claw is a tentacle. Like, A little
0: tiny tentacle.
1: So, they're like, you know what? Let's take the appendage of one creature, and then surprise! It's like the Kinder Egg of hands, and I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable with it. It's very upsetting to me.
0: I take it up with Fred, man. I don't know to tell you.
1: <laughs> God damn it, Fred! He's <laughs> killing it.
0: So, in its place, Yokuni is going to put the jade oven mitt on where the where the claw was. Where does he get the jade oven mitt? Good question. Uh, Yokuni dropped it off. Oh, wait. Did he? Wait.
1: Did. Wait. At the cave or at the castle?
0: In the version where they're at the Hida uh, Palace, Yokuni drops it off. In the version where they're at the cave, the hooded Ronin shows up uh, and he, and helps him heal from yanking the arm off and uh, helps him attach it.
1: How did Yokuni get all the way... To the Crablands after he was being yeah, creepy on that wall.
0: I don't know. Uh, and in the version where Yokuni drops it off, it doesn't hurt, apparently, to saw the arm off. And putting the jade arm on is just like, Pff! you just squish it on, and it doesn't need to heal. It's no big deal. He just shows up, and no no big thing. Uh, and then he but walks he just, over. Like, super
1: glue it on?
0: Yeah, apparently. Fun fact, you can use superglue to seal a wound, so that's actually not the worst idea.
1: Yeah, you can. I worked in urgent care for a while.
0: Oh, that's right. You and, did. Uh, yeah, we that. had a
1: doctor who was like, why would you come in for this? Just use superglue at home. And I was like, that is not sterile. <laughs> He's like, why would you pay for this? <laughs> like, anyway, carry on. So
0: Yakimo then goes to Quesada and yells at him and calls him a big fat coward, which is super accurate. And I enjoyed that part because Quesada wants to commit seppuku. Uh, for being the worst, and I'm glad that he recognizes that. And I'm,
1: you know what? No, too little, too late. Well, and sir. that's what yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm very torn on this because on the one hand,
1: <laughs> there's several hands. It's, not just the <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least two, with another smaller one. Oh, uh, that was really good. Okay,
0: um, so I, I, I want Casada to die. <laughs> because if he had died here, we wouldn't have to put up with all the bullshit he gets up to later. But if he I, I also, but I also really like Yakimo calling him a cowardly chicken shit. That was really good. And I get what Yakimo's saying, which is, if you kill yourself, you can't help us win the battle that's coming, and we need your 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 war knowledge, which granted, we've seen no proof of. But they consistently say he's got it. So I get where they're coming mm-hmm. from. Uh, and you have to like make all this right. So I get that. That like Yakimo's like, no, you don't get to be a cowardly chicken shit. Like we have to make up for what we just did. So I get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's he's Yakimo is basically saying like, no, 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 no. You come and clean up your own fucking mess. Yeah. Which, you know, good on him. Yeah. He's right.
0: So these these two fictions are are bonkers how different they are. I like that in imperial histories, they wink at the fact that these two these two fictions are super super different because it, uh, in the write up it contains a, I think it mostly ta- references the first one, but then it it contains a little a little like
1: so a little parenthetical yeah basically like, yeah. Uh, it says some tales claim that he got the hand from Togashi Yokuni while others credit the hooded Ronin. And so just, like, right there in the middle of this paragraph about how he gets the hand. He passes out from pain and awakens later to find it attached. But we don't know where he got it. And even Imperial Histories is like, we have no fucking clue.
0: Yeah. So they're, like, mixing and matching details there, as you do. But, uh, yeah, this whole section, this this whole thing is, is fucking clown shoes. Um, it's so weird. And I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this um yeah
1: it's
0: we're gonna put the card uh on the instagram i want to talk about this card for a second Um, the jade hand the jade oven mitt the Um, jade oven mitt it it looks like it looks like an oven mitt. it looks like an oven mitt there's really nothing else to call it um i also want to talk about the flavor text on the jade oven mitt
1: which i want to point out that i did at one point have an oven mitt that looked exactly like that like it had the like cross. Pattern like that on it, and so when we played L five R, one of our characters ended up with the jade hand, and I made him wear the oven mitt during our game. Nice uh, to represent <laughs> his jade oven mitt, <laughs> and only referred to it as that because uh, I'm classy. It really does. Yeah, we'll put it on the Instagram, and you'll
0: see what's up. But uh, the flavor text on this card is confusing to me. It says it signified the return of a hero from long ago, but when would he claim his prize? Who Who is this card referring to, I wonder?
1: And what is the prize?
0: Yeah, I suspect that this card was one of those things where they're like, uh, they were seeding something and then they never got around to it. Because to the best of my knowledge, there's no no one from long ago that came back to claim their prize here. Yakimo certainly was no reincarnation or returning hero. Not a hero. Um, nobody who is associated with the Jade Hand is like... No part of this makes any sense to me. So
1: that's fun. Wait, so so read it again.
0: It signified the return of a hero from long ago. But when would he claim his prize?
1: Oh no, he doesn't claim a prize though. Yeah,
0: because no, no, like no. we find
1: out later that Yokuni is the capital T Togashi.
0: But he, he's only tangential. Right. But there's no prize. There's no prize unless. So I was like, know, I was like, he's the one from long chest ago. At open least don't a prize. But
1: spoilers. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a hidden compartment. He's like a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> Except his black scrolls. That would only be if Hitomi eyes. went
0: in through his ass, and that's not what happens.
1: That's what that hand is for.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, this section's, this whole this whole story is, is shenanigans. Um, it's real dumb. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you guys.
1: It's, yeah, I, so everything that's happening here, is super important to setting up Day of Thunder. Yeah. Like that's, there's no, You can't deny any of that. That it's all important to what happens later on. That doesn't make it not bullshit.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's really goofy about everything we've talked about in this episode is that no matter how little sense it makes, all of it is super, super clutch to what's coming in, uh, not next episode, but the episode after that, um, the Day of Thunder episode. All of it's super important. Uh Tsuko getting the lion ready for that, Yakimo and Kasada getting their shit together, Kachiko, whatever. Um all of that is setting the scene for the Day of Thunder, which is coming around the corner. And and yet all of its varying degrees of horseshit. Um
1: Yeah, it's it's all kind of inconsistent yeah either within that one little part or with previous parts of the story, yeah, it feels very it feels like none of this was written while sitting in a room with like these people never talked to anyone who wrote any other parts of the story.
0: yeah, clearly they they weren't planning ahead with this uh, and it, it it increasingly feels like it as they circle the drain of the day of thunder and are getting close to the the end point here.
1: Yeah, and they kind of scramble to pick up the pieces of yeah. The horror they have wrought.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? There's parts of it that I that I like, and there's parts of it that you can see where where future L5R they're going to look back and and look at the clan wars and be like, "Ah, aha." Um so I'm really interested to see how soon they they have that moment and they start doing things differently. Maybe it'll be as soon as clan as Scorpion Clan coup or um, Hidden Emperor. Maybe it'll take longer, but um.
1: yeah, I think we're starting to get some of these. We're starting to get a taste of the fact that these are really complicated people. That mm-hmm. they have a lot going on. They have, you know, they're being pulled in multiple directions. And I mean, that's a thing that Fantasy Flight has taken very seriously, um, like within the mechanics of the RPG and everything too. Is this being torn between your desire and your duty? And we are starting to see some of that yeah um and I think like that makes things quintessentially l five r and very much the classic samurai drama they're just not good at it yet,
0: yeah well, and also i think that the other thing I think that they're not doing yet is the idea of a they i don't think they're organized in in terms of a narrative yet, and I think they'll get there soon, but is it doesn't feel like they're working as a team to to tell one story yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, it, because it is so early on, I think that they didn't realize that that was how this was going to go, maybe. Yeah. I don't think that, like, when they started this project, they necessarily realized that this was the direction Oh
0: well, yeah, and this we, was going to take. Because I
1: think that, yeah, I mean, and I think that anybody who's ever worked on any kind of creative project, like, it doesn't, usually what you end up with at the end is not exactly what you imagined at the beginning. So, you know, I can allow them that room to figure stuff out. But having to read it personally, a little bumpy. Um, it's you know I don't love it.
0: Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. So that's the the run up to the day of thunder. Next episode, we'll be talking about some of the various other things that are going on in the background that are varying degrees of important to the day of thunder. And some yeah, there's stuff a couple that's... other
1: pieces that have to be fit into our puzzle
0: not so important yeah but i think that's i think that's it
1: yeah we will be back in two weeks with more garbage garbage of the five rings is an independent production and can be found online at www.garbageofthefiverings.com and on twitter at g5r podcast i'm one of your hosts amelia Antrim, and i can be found on twitter at ginger reckoning My co host, Jude Vase, can be found on Twitter at AramidicJude. Sources for this episode and further information on the topics discussed can be found in the show notes. Thanks for letting us waste your time. We'll be back in two weeks.